Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral simpler communications start a journey not a fad kick off your fitness journey with up to five hundred dollars off peloton bike bike plus or tread packages choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes heart rate band non-slip grip dumbbells and more join now and you'll see why 92 percent of households that start the year with peloton are still active a year later all access membership separate offer ends january 8th 2023 excludes bike bike plus and tread basics see additional terms at onepeloton.com Welcome back to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFiera, and alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam. We are a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Brandon, how are you doing? LJ, doing good. Of course, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. That's what we are seven days a week. But, uh, LJ, we had quite the eventful day in the MLB today. We had another no-hitter. We had some walk-offs, 16 total games. And uh, LJ, you have the story of the day to start it off, so I'll let you take it away. I absolutely do have the story of the day. The O's got six runs, including home runs from Palakia and Trey Mancini. But really, who cares, Brandon? They only needed one run to win it. That's because John Means threw his first no-hitter of his career and the first solo no-hitter in 52 years for the Baltimore Orioles. The only base runner came on a drop third strike. That was what I wanted to talk to you about later. They win it six to nothing. Give the win to John Means, who, of course, nine innings, no hits, no earned runs. The loss to Yusei Kikuchi, who went seven innings, allowing three earned runs and seven strikeouts. The O's and M's will have the day off while they prepare for series against Boston and Texas. Brandon, what were your thoughts on this game? Uh, an unbelievable performance. Uh, when, when you consider the fact that 
the most productive at bat that Seattle had all day was uh, reaching first base on a drop third strike. I mean, this is as close to a perfect game as you can get without it being a perfect game. Not to mention the guy that does reach base ends up getting caught stealing. So, I mean, John Means in, in every right was, was, was perfect today. 12 strikeouts. Uh, I watched the last three innings of this and he was dealing. At one point, he had 23 first pitch strikes on the first 24 batters that he faced. Uh, in just an incredible day for him. Uh, and now technically our fourth no-hitter, if you count uh, Madison Bumgarner's seven-inning no-hitter, but our third nine-inning no-hitter of the year. On MLB Daily, we count Madison Bumgarner's. Absolutely. No Madison Bumgarner's so, counts. That's the only thing that matters to me. But I want to get back to this perfect game thing because – Brandon, this is the possibly the hardest way to lose a perfect game possible. I can't remember the last time somebody actually reached first on a drop third strike. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rare. And especially the way that it happened, the ball just kind of got too far away from the catcher this time. Yeah, I mean, you're just you're you're so used to them kind of futilely running towards first base. Half the time they get tagged before they even get out of the batter's box. It's just it's a proper mess every single time it happens for the batter. And you just don't, you don't expect that. I don't even think as the runner, as a runner, you don't necessarily expect to actually reach first base when you're running on that. No, uh, you know, as someone who, who played baseball up until eighth grade, LJ, you played a little bit longer than I did. Uh, I know that as a hitter, uh, when I'm in the box, Drop third strike, as soon as that happens, like, yes, I'm going to run to first, but I know that my my at-bat is pretty much over. Yeah, no, at a drop drop third strike, the, the run the majority of the time, the vast, vast majority, and this is on the high school level, is futile and really just to show that you're actually willing to hustle for the team. Then you get to the major league level where there are far better catchers with far better arms and far better first baseman that can put themselves in position. And it's an automatic out. Probably the second. Yeah. Would you call it the second easiest out in baseball? I mean, yeah, because a lot of times I mean, you see, especially. Out. Yeah. I mean, like, especially if it's a right-handed hitter, they just kind of stand there in front of the plate and they're like, all right, are you going to tag me or, or what? And, like, yeah, actually, this is a pretty fair question. What would you consider the easiest out in baseball? Hmm. Easiest out? I think, I mean, this, the strikeout is very contained, is my first thought. Just because you know as long as you're putting it in the zone in spots that he's not going to hit it, then you're going to get the strikeout as long as he doesn't hit it. However, once a guy hits it, it's much less predictable to where it's going to go, when it's going to go. You're, you have much less of a certainty that it's going to come at you and you're not nearly as prepared. So even though it's very hard to strike guys out, you really have to mess them up good. I wouldn't, I would have to go with it because of just the predictability of it. Yeah, I'm going to go with strikeout, but also I feel like if you're a pitcher and you can 
induce a ground ball, you have a pretty good chance of turning it out, especially yes. with the shift and everything now that most ground balls turn into outs. Uh, now, obviously, hard hit ground balls and other ground balls don't always turn into outs, but you see a lot of them do. We also forgot about the elusive Albert Pujols bunt. That probably is the easiest out in baseball, but enough he on that. He is base this year, so, I mean, don't sleep on his still, feet. He did steal a base. I just – which do I trust more? The machine's legs or any third baseman's arm? <laughs> or that Pujols is telling the truth about his age. Oh, it's definitely the third baseman's arm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, on to the Mets and the Cardinals, who played a seven-inning doubleheader today. In the first game, Paul Goldschmidt would homer in the bottom of the first, and then Nolan Arenado would single in the bottom of the third to make it 2 nothing St. Louis. The Mets got their one and only run in the fourth on a ground out. Paul DeYoung hits his seventh home run of the year in the bottom of the fifth to make a four to one Cardinals your final. Give the win to Ryan Helsley, now three and zero on the year. The loss to Marcus Stroman. Uh, he goes five innings, allowing seven hits, two earned, and six K. Stroman's now three and three. Alex Reyes picks up his ninth save of the year. Uh, a zero ERA in 15 and a third innings pitched with 16 strikeouts, having a fantastic season. On to game two. In the top of the second, the Mets take a 3-0 lead on a Tomas Nito home run. A Jonathan Villar home run adds onto it. In the top of the fourth, it would be 4 nothing Mets. The Mets offense would come up big, though, getting singles from Kevin Pillar and Jonathan Villar the top of the fifth to make it six to one. The Mets go on to win seven to two. Give the win to Jordan Yamamoto uh, out of the Mets bullpen. The loss goes to Johan Oviedo of the Cardinals, the starter. Now 0-1 on the year, four innings, five hits, four runs. These two will play again today. Taiwan Walker takes on John Gant. Next up, we got the Rays and the Angels. In the third inning, Ryan Yarbrough found himself in a lick of trouble as he walks one run in, but that's all L.A. can get on those loaded bases. In the seventh, Brandon the Lau Rider hit a three-run piece for Tampa, and they win it 3-1. to one. Give the win to Ryan Yarbrough, who went four innings, allowing one earned run. The loss to Junior Carrera. And Shohei Otani went five innings of shutout ball with seven strikeouts. Give that save to Jeffrey Springs of Tampa. Today, Colin McHugh will face Andrew Heaney. Brandon, I have to ask because I have not checked. Is the Andrew Heaney experiment still active on your fantasy team? Or did you end up actually pulling the trigger on dropping him? Uh, you know, I ended up not pulling the trigger on him. I ended up dropping because I, I wanted to keep a starting pitcher on my roster. I ended up dropping, I believe, Taylor Rogers of the Twins. Um, just he was kind of in a, in a bad spot where Alex Colome is taking a lot of the closer work. And while having a setup guy is nice, I, I, I have to chase wins and saves much more than ERA right now. So that's where I'm at. But uh. Yeah, it was weird to see Shohei Otani. Uh, this was like his first start of the year where he wasn't also hitting. Um, 
you know, they they scratched him from that start yesterday uh, due to whatever soreness he's having. But um, pitched pretty good in this one. Uh, seven Ks, you, you didn't include. He had six walks, so a bit of command issues, but zero earned runs in five innings is solid. Absolutely. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Andrew Heaney gets his last chance at life with Brandon Karam's fantasy team today. We will all be watching with bated breath. On is the that the saying? Go ahead. I said, is that the saying? It's bated <laughs> breath, right? Yeah. On to the White Sox and the Reds. This game would be scoreless heading into extra innings. Great starts from both Dallas Keuchel and Sonny Gray. In the bottom of the 10th, our guy Jesse Winker with a walk-off single. The Reds win 1-0. to Give the win to Lucas Sims out of the Cincinnati bullpen. The loss goes to Liam Hendricks. Both teams will be off today before starting series with the Royals and the Indians. All right. Now we got the Red Sox and the Tigers. The Tigers carried a 3-1 to one lead until the 7th, where Jay Dinger Martinez blasted a two-run piece to tie the game. In the 10th, the Tigers outscored the Red Sox 3-2 to two, thanks to a homer by Heimer Candelario. They win 6-5. to five. Give the win to Gregory Soto. Casey Mize went six innings, allowing one earned run. Really great start for this young man today or yesterday. The loss will be given to Garrett Whitlock, his first on the year. Martin Perez went five and two-thirds of an inning, allowing two earned runs and six strikeouts here on Perez Day. Next up is Spencer Turnbull and Nathan Ivaldi for the Red Sox. All right. On to the Giants and the Rockies. In the top of the second, Brandon Carl Crawford with a home run to make it 2-0. Bottom of the fourth, the Rockies offense gets hot. A single by Charlie Blackman, a walk, a single by John Gray. Pitchers who rake and a single by Rymel Tapia score six, and they lead 6-2 to two after four. Giants try to crawl their way back into this one. They get a Darren Ruff home run in the top of the seventh. They get another run to come across the board in the ninth, but Colorado holds on to win six to five. The win to John Gray, four and two now on the year, six innings, four hits, two runs, eight Ks, and of course the RBI single. The loss goes to Logan Webb, now one and three on the year, three and two thirds, three hits, six runs, and five Ks. The save goes to Daniel Bard, his third of the year. Both teams are off today before starting series with the pirate or with the Padres that's the Giants and the Rockies will play the Cardinals all right Rangers and Twins Mitch Garver hit a home run for Minnesota in the second that's all they could get off of Texas Texas wins three to one give the win to John King the loss to Lewis Thorpe and the save to Ian Kennedy his ninth 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. On to the Astros and the Yankees. In the bottom of the third inning, Giancarlo. Let the rhythm take you over, Giancarlo. Eighth home run of the year. The Yankees take a 2-0 lead. The top of the fourth, the Astros score three on a Carlos Correa ground out, Yuli Gurriel double, and a Lenmis Diaz double. The bottom of the, uh, in the bottom of the fifth, Giancarlo Stanton with a big double to tie it back up at three. The score would remain the same until the bottom of the eighth. The Yankees offense gets three runs. They get a Hicks single, Gardner sack fly, and then Stanton with another RBI hit, this time a single. The Yankees win 6-3. to three. Give the win to Johnny Lasagna out of the bullpen. Jonathan Lewisega now 3-1 and one on the year, working a sub-1 ERA currently, turning into a stud in the middle relief section of the Yankees' bullpen. The loss goes to Brooks Raley, now 0-2 on the year. Uh, he is unable to record an out in that eighth inning. No innings pitched, two hits, three runs for him. Aroldis Chapman picks up his seventh save on the year, gets two more strikeouts tonight, now has gone 11 innings, 26 strikeouts, and a zero ERA. Uh, I will continue to say that he got robbed of reliever of the month, uh, but Matt Barnes has been pitching well also. Uh, The Yankees have now won five in a row. Fun fact, since we forced Jay Bruce to retire, we have the best record in baseball. So uh, I think, you know, something something was working uh, there. If, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. But the Yankees have won five in a row. Garrett Cole takes on Lance McCullers Jr. today as the Yankees look for the three-game sweep. LJ, let me just say, this game will be at 1 o'clock uh, this afternoon. And it's a shame that America doesn't get to see a Garrett Cole mow down the Astros and that uh, most people will will either be in school or at work uh, during that game. Never in my life did I think that Jay Bruce was going to be the chemistry issue on the Yankees. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> it must be it, right? Since he retired, I mean, best record in the league. <laughs> In theory, I suppose. I'm not sure if it can ever get past theory into law, but in theory, it has a shot or reasonable shot. Um, Indians and Royals. <laughs> the Royals lead until the eighth inning when down 4-3. Jose Ramirez hits a solo piece to tie it up. Josh Naylor puts the Tribe up 5-4 to four with a solo blast in the ninth, and they win it with that same score, 5-4. to four. Give the win to Nick Wickren. The loss to Wade Davis and the save to James Karinchak, his third save on the year. Brandon, once again, we see Cleveland's young relievers back at it again. Yeah, uh, 
Karen Track and Class A both been outstanding. I'm glad to say that I own some shares of that that bullpen. Uh, I have James Karen Track on my fantasy team, and uh, it's nice to see him getting another save. On to the Pirates and the Padres. Bottom of the third, Victor Caratini hits a home run to give San Diego a 1-0 lead. In the bottom of the fifth, Will Myers with a single to extend the lead to 2-0 Padres. In the top of the sixth, the Pirates are able to tie it up on a Brian Reynolds home run and then a sack fly. But the Padres are able to get the go-ahead hit from Jake Cronenworth to make it 4-2, and that's your final score. The win goes to Craig Stammen out of the San Diego bullpen, now 2-1 and one on the year. Uh, Hugh Darvish got the start for San Diego. He went 5-2 and two thirds, allowing six hits, two runs, and striking out eight. Dwayne Underwood takes the loss for uh, Pittsburgh. Mark Melanson picks up his 11th save on the year uh, already. Pretty crazy number to be at just a little over a month into the season. Uh, that puts him on pace for a little over 50 uh, which would be outstanding to see, but I'm not sure that uh, we'll be able to see a pace quite like that. Uh, both teams have off days today. The Pirates take on the Cubs, and then the Padres take on the Giants starting on Friday. I also have the next game, as the National League had quite a bit of action going today. The Braves and the Nationals. Top of the third, Marcelo Zuna with a grand slam. And then in the top of the fourth, William Contreras with a home run to make it 5-0 Braves. The Nationals will get home runs by Jan Gomes and Trey Turner to put themselves on the board. But that's all the offense that they're able to get, and they lose 5-3. The win to Max Fried get, got the start for Atlanta. His first win on the year, five innings, four hits, one run, and six Ks. The loss to Eric Fetty, now two and three on the year. He goes five innings, five hits, five runs. Will Smith picks up his sixth save of the year for the Braves. And this series will wrap up today with Drew Smiley taking on John Lester. All right. Next up, we've got the Blue Jays in the A's, which I believe is our last American League game for the night. Despite home runs by Oakland's Raymond, Ramon Laureano and Matt Chapman, in the eighth, the Jays took a game in which they were trailing and turned it on its head with a four-run inning. The Blue Jays win this game 9-4. to four. Give the win to Jordan Romano, the loss to Lou Trevino, and today we will get to see Hyunjin Ryu against Mike Fires, his first, his first start back from injury. Second start back. He made a start. Really? Uh, yeah, last week he made a start. Oh, right, right, right. I remember now. Second start back from injury. Woo! Almost just arguably more exciting than the first. Arguably. All right. <laughs> uh, I have the last three games here. Uh, so let's get right into it. The Dodgers and the Cubs. Uh, I I watched quite a bit of this one as I didn't have much going on tonight. So. Why not watch some baseball? Uh, way to rub it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait for a couple weeks when it's my finals week, and then. Uh, oh, I'm gonna give you so much crap. 
Max Muncy with a home run and then a Gavin Lux double put the Dodgers out to a 2-0 lead, but then Jake Marisnik would answer for the Cubs with a home run and were tied 2-2 after five innings. Uh, they would both exchange a run each. Uh, nothing too exciting. We enter extras tied 3-3. Three three. Max Muncy hits a double that scores one in the top of the 10th, but then Jock Peterson, the ex-Dodger with a sack fly, ties it in the bottom half of the inning. And to the 11th, we go. In that 11th, the top of the 11th, Matt Beatty gets an RBI ground out for the Dodgers. The Dodgers then have the Cubs down to their final out in the bottom of the 11th before allowing a game-tying Matt Duffy single. Matt Duffy then goes on to steal second. They have Anthony Rizzo down to two strikes. If they can get him out, they get out of the inning and force another inning. They are unable to do that. Anthony Rizzo pokes a single through the left side. That's a walk-off. The Cubs win 6-5. to five. And LJ, the Cubs sweep the Dodgers. Uh, me and you were talking about just a few weeks ago, how the Dodgers had not gotten swept in so long, though the Reds had a chance to do it uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, uh, so April 26th through the 28th, the Reds had a chance to beat the Dodgers in three straight. They're unable to. The Brewers just had a chance to beat them in four straight, and they were unable to. But the Cubs, the first team to sweep the Dodgers, uh, since April, or yeah, I believe it was April 2019. Uh, very, very, yeah, in in a regular season series. Well, of course they. Oh wait, oh wait, no, 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 that's right. Because all of the Nationals games went like seven. Yeah. So. so yeah. Uh, you can give the win to Alec Mills. The loss to goes to Garrett Clevenger. Uh. They're both off today, these two teams. The Cubs will then play the Pirates, and the Dodgers take on the Angels on Friday. All right. All right. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, stats right here, but I'd like to talk about Matt Beattie for a minute because I feel like yeah. from like an actual storyline standpoint, he has become the CEO of just barely being relevant this year. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Um, Slashing 357, 500, 464, 172 OPS plus, far better than you think about. But like one home run, 19 games, of course, one home run, only 0.2 war right now. It just feels like to me, anytime I have talked about Matt Beattie, heard about Matt Beattie, it's been for like the bare minimum to become relevant, like some RBI mid game or RBI or RBI late game or something like that where it's not like it's anything flashy. He's just getting the run in. He's not going out there and going three for three with a, uh, a home run and a double every other night or anything. He's just doing just enough to get his name heard. Yeah, I mean, just two days ago, though, he does go four for six with that grand slam, drives in seven RBIs. But uh, really, other than that, we haven't seen a lot of production out of him this year. Uh you know, he only has 10 hits the entire season and four of them came just a couple of days ago. So I think that that a batting average is certainly a boosted quite a bit by that big game. But, you know, over the course of a season that uh, that's not going to, uh, you know, 
that we we could care less about that game, how it affects your stats. So, uh, yeah. Uh, just keep just keep being barely relevant and keep contributing your, to your team, and that's what matters, really. Have a big game every once in a while, and then your stats will look uh, pretty normal. Just 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 keep just just keep with those just or just keep with those timely hits. Just keep going like one for four with one RBI each night and the big hit. Yeah. Out Honestly, that's not a terrible line, would it? One for four with an if, RBI. Let's say you play hundred. Yeah, because you could get over hundred RBIs with a two fifty batting average. You don't even have to hit it out. Just no, you would just have like a. I mean, that would be a 500 OPS. So, like, if you're okay with that, but you know that you're guaranteed an RBI from that guy every night, would you take that on your team as in one of your roster spots? Like, well, you're I mean, guaranteed a 500 OPS, one for four every night with a single and an RBI. Um, yes, and only for one reason. Based, and it's entirely based on the operating logic. We're operating under the fact that he's going to get a runner on base every yeah. single game he comes up. That he's going to be if he's able to get that RBI every single game, then yes, because that means I'm scoring at least one run every single game. Yeah, I w- I would give up a ro- roster spot to me if it meant I wasn't getting shut out. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, on to the D-backs. On to the D-backs and Marlins. The Marlins score six in the first two innings. Brian Anderson, Isan Diaz, they get singles in the first. And then a Miguel Rojas triple and Adam Duvall home run in the second. Propel Miami to an 8-0 win. Give the win to Jordan Holloway, who pitches three innings in relief. He allows two hits, no runs, and strikes out three batters. The loss goes to Luke Weaver. He's now one and three on the year. He goes four innings, allowing six hits, six runs, and strikes out six batters. Uh, these two will play once again today. Madison Bumgarner versus Pablo Lopez as Miami goes for the sweep. Into the last game, the Brewers and the Phillies. The Phillies score five in the bottom of the first on a Reese Hoskins single and then a D.D. Gregorius grand slam. The Brewers would slowly cut away at this lead, however. They get a single from Avasael Garcia, a Tyrone Taylor home run, and then another single from Garcia. Those would play four runners, but it would not be enough, and they lose five to four. Give the win to Brandon Kinsler out of the Philadelphia bullpen, now 2-1 and one on the year. The loss goes to Freddie Peralta, now 3-1 and one on the year. He goes four innings, allowing four hits, five runs, and eight Ks. The save goes to Jose Alvarado, his second on the season. Milwaukee has now lost four in a row. These two will play again today. Brandon Woodruff takes on Zach Wheeler. I believe it's now time for the PPP, particular players people may care about. LJ, I'll let you start this one off. Yeah, here we got the guy that's no surprise on this list, most likely will be in the title of this episode. That's John Means. This guy has been mean. He's been scary. He's been everywhere, making impacts all over that Orioles game today. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yeah, uh... I don't think we can overstate just how impressive that that no hitter was. Certainly the the uh, the most impressive no hitter that we've had so far this season, uh, and it's the closest thing to to a perfect game that you're going to get. So, uh, and not to mention he's having a fantastic year also uh, with that complete game shutout no hitter, however one you want to put it today. He improves to 46 innings pitched. 50 strikeouts, a 1.37 ERA, and a 0.67 whip. I think it's safe to say at the current pace he's on, uh, we have a pretty good chance of seeing him in Colorado at the All-Star game. Absolutely. And then again, if a guy like, again, I know we kind of have, he's been up and down. However, if a guy like Dean Kramer can pull things together, this is John Means, This he, he is just starting his second year of service time, which means he is going to be able to anchor your starting rotation for at minimum another four years at the rate at the, with the way he's pitching, I would give him a couple more years after that, certainly regardless of age, seeing he is 28. So that's a very, that's a very good start for a team that isn't necessarily at the point where they're pulling all the pieces together. They've still got the vast majority of their talent in the minors. You know, we saw the, the Orioles in 2020, they, they uh, had a pretty hot start. And while they, they certainly aren't aren't setting the world on fire, they're only one game under 500 here. Uh, I think it's nice to see that even though they, they don't have the, the most talented roster in the world, they get a guy like Trey Mancini back, a guy like Cedric Mullins, who's been lighting it up this year. And uh, to have a pitcher in John Means, uh, you know, if I'm them, I'm feeling really, really good about how they're playing right now because they are completely exceeding everyone's expectations. Mm, certainly. All right. My guy is Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, I hope you guys like my home run call for him. Uh, I stole it from the uh, one of the guys on the Talking Yanks podcast. I think it's really funny. Uh, but look, I mean, he's on an 11 game hit streak. Uh, everything that he sees, he's crushing uh, home runs on back to back nights. He's now has eight home runs. For as much crap as this guy is taken, especially at the start of the year, you know, he, he gets booed on opening day. He has had one heck of a turnaround. And 
his stack cast numbers are crazy. So in terms of average exit velocity, he's in the hundredth percentile. In terms of maximum exit velocity, hundredth percentile. Hard hit percentage, one hundredth percentile. Uh, and then the other expected numbers line up very well also. Uh, top 25% in expected batting average, along with uh, top 20% in expected slugging. And uh, honestly, his he hasn't been striking out at, at as bad of a rate as he has in years past. So uh, I really like his approach right now at the plate. Uh, it was nice to see him come up with big, big hits tonight. And uh, yeah, I think over this 11-game hit streak, which is the longest active streak in the majors, He's hitting like 470 or something. Uh, LJ, I don't know how how uh, you have always thought about Giancarlo Stanton, but he's just such a special baseball player in the fact that his swing and everything that he does at the plate is so unique. I mean, his only goal when he steps up to the plate is, I'm going to hit the crap out of the ball. Well, are you really surprised by that mentality when he was already a freakish athletic talent? and then got trained by Barry Bonds. Yeah, and apparently yeah. Barry Bonds was a terrible coach, but it, it, I don't even well, think I mean, that yeah, I mean, the, that to be fair, what they, they were, uh, well, in that article that we had discussed a couple weeks ago about Barry Bonds and how bad a hitting coach he was for the team, they specifically discussed that the only guy he really cared to talk about hitting with was Giancarlo Stanton. He clearly took a vested interest in this guy's career and it pays off. I tell you, I, I genuinely did like him until he was fraudulently acquired by the Yankees, but I honestly, you know, I, I, I enjoyed his time in Miami. I thought he was a ton of fun to watch. Certainly worth that second round pick that they took on him way back when, I mean, I just, I hope he can still just keep clobbering the ball for years, even if he does continue to miss games. He's, of course, had his share of injuries that only naturally should come up uptick in the, later on. However, Brandon, I know your thought process isn't going to be the same as mine. As a fan, you are going, you want the wins. However, it's always fun, even if you're only going to see it for, even if you're not going to be able to see him do it for the entire season because of injury. I would not mind seeing a 36-year-old Giancarlo Stanton clobbering the ball for, say, 100 games instead of 150 games. Yeah, uh, I would like. I mean, I would like to see him in as many games as possible. If it is 100, I mean, I won't be the happiest, but it's a well, lot more it, than we have if had. If you get 100, if you get 100 out of him, that's an absolute win with what you've gotten so far, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wanted to bring up something pretty cool about him. So on StatCast, they have a thing, or on, on a baseball savant, one of the StatCast stats they have is run values by pitch type. So in 2021, when Giancarlo Stanton has faced four-seam fastballs, he has a run value of seven. Now, uh, I'm not exactly sure what this means, but it's very high compared to the rest of the numbers here uh, and the stats check out. So in 32 plate appearances on four seam fastball, so I believe 32 plate appearances have ended with a four seam fastball. He's hitting 433 with a 900 slug percentage uh, and a 569 weighted on base average. Uh, 
pretty crazy numbers and a 77.3 hard hit percentage. Uh, crushing fastballs. Uh, you would think it, that at some point they would just throw him breaking balls, but I'm, I've been telling people this, that once Luke Voigt comes back, it's only going to help Stanton and Judge because if you can plug him, uh, whether you plug him in between those two or you hit Voigt fourth, if you have Judge hitting third and Voigt fourth, you know, you're going to start to have to give Judge more more and more uh, pitches to hit. You can't pitch around him as much. You can't not really uh, give him anything to hit because you're not going to want to walk him if you have Voigt behind him. So, I mean, we I, I feel like people forget that that's the guy that led the MLB in home runs last year by a pretty wide margin considering it was only a 60-game season. Yeah, honestly, they're going to have a very scary group especially if you can keep someone like Jennifer Lawrence out of Yankee stadium, you got to keep Aaron judge away from those uh, lower body soreness injuries and you'll be good to go. All right. On to the I'm not sure what Aaron judge's type. What do you think Aaron judge's type is? I don't know. I think he's getting out there though. Now, you know, he, he affixed the teeth, you know, mm. had the gap. He said, eh, I got to make it big time now. Oh yeah, this is this is all for the modeling gigs after, base after baseball. Maybe even during baseball. The that's six all, that's eight two hundred eighty five pound model. <laughs> Brandon, mark my words. He they, the Yankees have yet to sign him to an extension. Aaron Judge to L.A. Oh. You didn't hear it first. You may have heard it here first. Completely hypothetical. Aaron Judge to L.A. to start his modeling career. But yeah, Brendan, we're de- definitely going to add that to the list of topics to discuss when we have nothing to discuss. What Aaron Judge's type is? He obviously has one if he's got some so much lower body soreness. Yeah, I mean, sure. If you put it, <laughs> if you put it that way, then then yes. Under the leaderboards for WAR for hitters, we have a tie for first between. Mike Trout and Byron Buxton at 2.4. Ronald Acuna at 2.2 is in third. For pitchers, we have Garrett Cole in first with 2.4, and he'll be taking the mound today. Jacob deGrom in second with 2.2, and Corbin Burns still in third with 1.8, even though he is now not qualified uh, for the league leaderboards. At home runs, uh, we have Ronald Acuna and J.D. Martinez uh, now tied for the lead at 10. RBIs, it's J.D. Martinez at 27. And strikeouts for pitchers, it's now Shane Bieber with 77 already. Uh, and he still, uh, he extended an MLB record tonight. Uh, let me pull up the exact record here. So this is from Cleveland Indian Stats on Twitter, at Indian Stats. Shane Bieber extends his MLB record streak of games with eight strikeouts or more to 19. Uh, So from, what's this? This is July 24th, 2020 to current. He's gone 19 games. The other longest streaks, Randy Johnson had a 17-game streak uh, between the 1999 and 2000 season. Pedro Martinez had a 16-game streak and a 15-game streak in the 90s and 2000s, and Randy Johnson had a 15-game streak. So Shane Bieber is, 
I mean, I hope we get to see this guy become the next, uh, you know, he's the kind of the next generation here for pitchers because uh, I would like to see him win a couple more Cy Young awards. I feel like I would feel good. And also see Garrett Cole get one in there as well. But uh, Shane, yeah. Shane, Shane Bieber can uh, get a few as, as, as long as Garrett Cole gets what he deserves. Well, I'm not sure how to feel. Where are you about – where are you on Shane Bieber in terms of putting him among the most dominant pitchers in the game? Oh, I'm, he's up. The, he's up there for me, definitely. I know that he's had. I mean, this year he's his stats certainly there isn't anything crazy eye popping uh, with his traditional stats. His stat cast stats say that he should be pretty much where he's at right now, if not much better. Um, and, you know, when you talk about sample size for pitchers, I don't know how long you should really take it because we see so, so much variance year to year from, from pitchers that to be able to see a guy be at the top of his game for even more than one season is really impressive. Yeah. I just find it just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm just like, first off, you say that let's take a minute to appreciate Jacob deGrom real quick. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm on the fence of where to put him this year. Cause I mean, 77 strikeouts is amazing, but looking at it now, again, I know it was a small sample size to begin with, but he already has more earned runs this year than he did last season. I mean, this has been a pretty consistent um, two to three home run, uh, two to three home runs. Jeez. That wouldn't have gone well. Uh, two to three earned runs each time he's out there. So, I mean, like, it's great to be consistent, but I'm just not thrilled with that as much as I should be. I think there's, I wouldn't, I certainly would not put him atop right now. I wouldn't put him ahead of Cole. I don't put him ahead of DeGrom. I don't put him ahead of, there's got to be somebody else. But like, you could put like a guy like Corbin Burns up there this year. You know, there's yeah, a lot but even of he's got even he's gotten hit around a bit. Yeah, yeah. I guess my With thing is I would start, take, yeah, I would take the consistency of uh, um, runs allowed over the consistency of strikeouts because I mean part of that does come on him. Like if 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 you pitch in a way that is more likely to like result in harder balls or more difficult balls in the field, then striking out a bunch of guys isn't going to mean as much when the hit, the contact you are allowing is falling in, which really seems to be the case. Well, um, so now what we're going to do, so if you remember back to yesterday's episode, LJ and I both picked uh NL and AL All-Stars, but we made it so we cannot access the internet during that time. We were going all off the top of our head. We had no research at all during our picks. And so now today we're going to take a look and see just how good our picks are. Uh, LJ, honestly, how are you feeling about it? Because I think that we did a pretty good job. You know, I poked around a little bit after the fact just to see what was there. I think this is my favorite list out there. However, I would like to give second base in the National League a look again, because Mm -hmm. if you recall, both of us were a little 
hesitant on exactly who to put in there. So I think that would be a good use of our time here. Again, we're not going to keep this too long. See, this is just a reaction to yesterday's episode. But if we can just talk about that, and then Brandon, maybe if there's one or two more spots that you think really could use some work, then I'd be good to go on those. Yeah, so um, as for second base in the NL, um, so I pulled up the fan graphs right here. So here's the current leaders for second base war in the National League. Uh, number one is Tommy Edmond at 0.8. Behind him is Ryan McMahon. Or, well, he's also at 0.8. He's been splitting time between uh, second and third base. So uh, whether you want to call him a true second baseman. Eduardo Escobar is also on this list. Uh, uh, once again, another guy who uh, has been splitting time between second and third, but has been playing more second. And he's a guy with eight home runs this year. Uh, so the pick of Max Muncy, I really don't think is terrible. Uh, because when you look at Max Muncy's stats, highest walk rate in the league. Uh, in terms of war, uh, he is up there with most of the top players in the league. I mean, he's pretty close to one war this year. I just think that there's been a lack of talent at the second base spot. I mean, we see so often now you kind of just stick, you can stick one of your worst guys on, on a defense at second base with the way that, that the shift is. I mean, we've seen the Reds with – how many different guys, you know, that they're just sticking in, in second base. We see Mike Moustakis, Jonathan India, guys who are natural third basemen. You could just kind of stick them there now because the the shift really helps you uh, defensively. So, yeah, uh, LJ, was there anyone in, in particular you thought should be in over Muncie? Um, you know, I'm not sure. You know, I think overall – First off, I would say it makes sense that the second baseman, I mean, that's really how it, how it's always been. And then you think about the way that baseball has become. It's like all the other sports has become more and more athletic at the very top of the league where the guys that you're seeing coming up, the guys that you're seeing succeed are hyper athletes and like can do incredible things. So as much as they can do those things, on offense they're also very capable of doing them defensively so that's why you're seeing such a resurgence of offensive shortstops because all of these high high class athletes are all staying at shortstop because of the more of the positional need of course having a lot more righties in there shortstop is i believe yeah shortstop is math statistically the hardest spot to play so it makes sense to put them in there and then second base really gets left by the wayside now with so many of those offensive bats being put there. The only guy I can really think of here, Brandon, where, where are we really going to hold Jazz Chisholm back because of some injury concern? I mean, after all, he had played 22 games. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't have him here on my list because of um, – I he doesn't meet the, the, the minimum plate appearances, but now that, that I, I, I look at it, he has one war, which is much more than any other NL second baseman. The other guy's Colton Wong, who uh, hasn't really been, been doing it with home run wise and RBI wise, but Colton Wong is a guy who, who doesn't strike out hits for a high average 
and is really good on on defense. But Jazz Chisholm's a guy who uh, I think we could see in Colorado at the All-Star game. You know, he's a young guy to kind of build a a storyline around. There's always that one young guy who's trying to fit in with all the stars. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, Jazz, Jazz Chisholm could be a really good pick, but he's been really underrated this year. Yeah, I mean, even underrated by us not thinking. I think we honestly, we genuinely passed on him. I didn't realize he had played so many games so far. 22 compared to the rest is really nothing, um, in my opinion, at least. And he's getting it done on really both sides. His defense hasn't been, it hasn't been like he's been an atrocious defender. There are much worse defenders on this list than him by a long shot and the offense has 100% been there so yeah I think I would switch Jazz Chisholm out for Mac, Max Muncie but other than that I can't necessarily disagree there's, with the rest of this list so um for the NL there's one more that I don't agree with and I, I believe it was me who made this pick of Fernando Tatis Jr. at shortstop um Trey Turner has been incredible this year and He's a guy who who doesn't get brought up when we when you talk about the best shortstops in the game, but he can do it all. I mean, he is one of the fastest players in the league, one of the best shortstops defensively, hits for contact, uh, and has 1.4 war this year to lead all shortstops. I think that he's a better pick than Fernando Tatis, who's at 0.5 war. Uh, You know, we've seen him struggle defensively this year. Uh, His strikeout rate is still hovering a bit high, not to take anything away from what Tatis has done this year. He's been very good offensively, but, but defensively, not so much. And then my shortstop pick in the American league, I took Bo Bichette. Uh, I can't believe that I I didn't think of your guy, LJ Xander Bogarts. I mean, you can speak to his play this year, but he's been fantastic as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's been um, certainly one of the strongest points on this team, most consistent spot out out there. I mean, really, I mean, you just think of him, he's quickly turned into an average guy more than he ever has in the past, where he's just getting it done. He's not necessarily, hasn't, the home runs and the power hasn't come, not nearly to the same extent of other guys up until recently, but, I mean, you look at it over these past couple of years, in particular since 2019, this, it, he is on pace to have three straight uh, 300 batting average years in a row. This one clearly so far has been the best yet. So I think it's been a great change of pace to see him look away from necessarily trying to like slug out the ball and really just letting the game come to him he that's how he has been able to rise up and accumulate such great stats over the past couple of years. You know, I was a little distracted by the whole thing last night, trying not to be too much of a homer here with these picks. I'd already gotten Rafi Devers in and I'd already gotten JD Martinez in. So I can't really, I'm not kicking myself too much for this one, but yeah, I certainly think he is the best shortstop to come out of the AL this, this week uh, month. 
Now, LJ, I was thinking about it. So I'm not sure the way that the actual all-star or rosters are constructed, but I would have to imagine that they only allow maybe one or two of DHs per team. And in the American League, you could see a situation where, I mean, currently right now, I think there's three guys at the, the DH spot that if the all-star game was today, I would be picking them. Of course, a J.D. Martinez, you can't not have him. He's been probably the best hitter in the league this year. Uh, and then you have a guy like Giancarlo Stanton, who has now raised his batting average above 300. He's checking all the boxes. And then how about a guy like Nelson Cruz? I mean, let's talk yes. about the production he's had this year. Do you think that they could let three DHs on one all-star team? And then you we're not even considering a guy like Otani, who, uh, you know, where do you stick him? How do you how do you fit him into the all-star game? So I think that we could see quite a few snubs this year just because of the way that the uh, best hitters are all kind of grouped in the same position. Yeah, you know, I think that could be worked around, though. Because, yeah. like, I, I think of the way I would kind of justify it. Shohei right now has pitched very well. Mm. I think... First off, we haven't seen all-star Shohei Otani yet. We have no clue how they're really going to manipulate that. So they could kind of justify him in as a pitcher rather than as a DH and then play him however they want. But when they're building that roster, they can justify it as such. In the same vein, you could also justify Giancarlo Stanton as a left fielder. The, the it, thing is, he hasn't played like a single inning in the field, though. This has season. he? Really? Not a single inning. Like, we refuse to play him in the field because they don't want him to get hurt. He is strictly, strictly a DH, that, and that's it this year, which I don't know why, because guess what? And for the Yankees, LJ, this is a mind-blowing stat. He's only played 46 games in the field for us. 46 I'm, games. Yeah, I'm shocked to hear that. Especially seeing you're handling Aaron Judge with such bubble wrap that you're not willing to for one game. I mean, I know, again, he is incredibly injury prone. You don't want to be taking risks. But I'm assuming that means that in games where they've decided to DH Aaron Judge, they've just had Stanton sit and take a rest day that day. Yeah, that's their that's their justification for resting. Stanton is somebody else needing his spot. I mean, you could, at, at the very least, humor the all-star voters with one. Like, honestly, if they were if they were able to get him, how many innings do you think it would take for them to justify, justify He would have to start playing in games now, and it's not even all-star voters that, that need the, the, uh, the justification. I mean, if we're really talking about the, the Yankees as a World Series team, are you telling me in potentially four out of the seven games we're going to have to have him play the field after he hasn't played the field the last two years? Like, are we really going to go the whole season without him getting a single rep, a single inning of work in the outfield and then have to go into potentially a playoff series where it's the World Series and we have to have someone out there who hasn't played a single inning? I mean... I feel like at some point they just have to stick him out there because 
if you're so nervous about them uh, getting hurt, then when they do get hurt, I mean, it's just like... It's only going to get, get worse, worse if they actually, actually get, hurt. get hurt. Okay, so uh, I think we're going to wrap up the show here. Uh, we did have a bit of technical difficulties here at the end. Uh, apologies to uh, if it's a little bit rough here right at the very end, but I will edit it the best that I can. But uh, I think we all got our point across. Uh, yeah, fun, another fun episode, another no-hitter. Uh, thank you for listening to the MLB Daily Podcast. Our plays the last few days have been awesome. Thank you guys for the continued support. Uh, we're going to keep doing them all seven days of the week. Me and LJ absolutely love doing this. We haven't been able to cover the league at this depth, uh, at, at, at this you know length uh, ever before. So it's really a joy for us to do these. Uh, make sure that you follow us on Twitter to stay updated with all the new episodes. Any uh, interesting things that we see, we'll be retweeting. Of course, we are a Belly Up Sports podcast, so follow them on Twitter at Belly Up Sports and at Belly Up Podcast. We're on Twitter at MLB Daily Pod. LJ's on Twitter at LJ underscore VP underscore Lafiora, and I'm at Brandon underscore Karam. That's going to do it for this one. Uh, have a good Thursday, everyone, uh, and we will see you tomorrow. Brandon, real, real quick before, before we, go, we go, and again, again I, apologize I apologize if the audio, audio is still too bad here. here. Um, we, we have, have some, some great, great news. news. There, there was, was indeed, indeed a third date. An update on that Arizona Diamondbacks story. story. The, the Arizona, Arizona Coyotes, who I believe are a Hockey team, hockey team, hockey team, yes. yes. They went they to their third, third date at an Arizona, Arizona Coyotes, Coyotes game. game. Is then confirmed. All is right, right, world. world. See you, See you tomorrow. That is awesome news to end the show. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.